Wow, what beautiful music we have playing back in from the break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Easy D, Daryl Fulton, listening with you to that music. And we're going to bring back the broadcast for the other half of the broadcast for you to call in, email us, Facebook us questions, or tweet us questions at Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for those formats and everything else. Simply call Eric. Like Craig would say, oh no, I would say this also telephonically at 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. We're all back from break right now from that first half break, and we want to get back into the broadcast. And one of the things we want to get back into, because it was a great segue question that um, uh, David had asked before we came on about um, the whole idea about the gospel, the whole idea about uh, God and John 1 and the Logos. Um Craig, the one word I want to focus on, if you don't mind, and bring the, the, the good news to people is that that word imputation. Can you kind of take care of that 50 cent word in light of the gospel and what does that mean and bring that to light and also at the same time give that wonderful message that we have, the good news? Well, sure, Daryl. In fact, if the New Testament uses the word, it doesn't really sound nice. It's not a nice-sounding uh, word. Uh, Logismai, uh, but um, but it has a beautiful meaning. Meaning, it's the word for imputation to impute or to reckon or credit or account. Those are all uh, basic meanings. And in Romans four, it tells us just that that uh, Abraham is the example because he believed God. It was credited credited him past tense as righteousness. In other words, it wasn't his righteousness. It wasn't so much what he did. Yes, he did believe God. He trusted in him, and God credits him as righteous. And then it talks about how blessed is the person to whom God does credit righteousness, and how uh, as well that he doesn't impute their sins to them. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. And it actually goes back to Genesis. Um, that's where the context of all this starts in 15, 4 and 6, if you will, where again it says it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. And, and so this is just a wonderful concept. One more time in Romans 4, verse 3, what does the Scripture say? Referring to Genesis 15, Abraham believes God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And then it goes on to talk about one is not saved by their works, but by God imputing. And, and that's an old English word. We don't really hardly use that much, but, but, but it is legitimate. But it's, it, think of the term, it's like, what if somebody would, would, would have put a million dollars in your bank account? So they have Zelle or one of the online digital services, and, and they put a million dollars in your, your bank account. And it's not a mistake. They did, it's not an error or what have you. It really, they just give it to you. We would say you're, you might even talk to, uh, in person or on the phone to someone from the bank, and you, they would say something like this, well, it was credited to your account. And in other words, we get it. It's been credited. It's reckoned. It's as being the case it belongs to you. In this case, God credits to us righteousness. And that's the beauty of this in Christianity. It doesn't mean we're into what's called cheap grace. You can get saved and then sin like the devil. But it is the case that we can't earn salvation because we'd have to be perfect. See, most people think God grades on a curve. Well, if I'm basically good or better than my neighbor or all my neighbors, then I'm going to make it. But that's not 
not God's standards. God's standard is 100% perfection, nothing less. Unless you're 100% perfect, that is, you've never done anything you shouldn't and have always done everything you should, that is, not having committed sins of commission or omission, um, you're not going to make it. But for those who believe, to those who trust in Jesus Christ, that he has paid in full the penalty for our sins, it is, Daryl, it's credited or imputed to them the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's as if we lived a perfect life and we are declared righteous in God's sight. And that's the beauty of this. You know, Christians, we don't claim to be better. We're not smarter, better than anybody else. Sometimes I think we're actually worse um, on the whole. But that's not the issue. It's because we acknowledge though, our need. We acknowledge our need of God and His grace, His salvation, which just really is deliverance from some type of danger. In this case, the danger is not just physical death, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. For those who trust in Christ and receive His imputed righteousness, the righteousness He credits to us, we're going to spend eternity with God. That's the beauty of this. And that is available to everyone listening to us right now. If they will simply humble themselves, give up their pride, and stop thinking that either God doesn't exist or this is no big deal or they're going to have a talk with the man upstairs and they'll explain to him why they weren't really that bad and they, he should let him in. That's not happening unless you're in Jesus Christ. Trust in Him, believe on Him alone, and know that God will receive you, will forgive you, and gives you eternal life. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Professor. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, again, the gospel message, imputed righteousness, can't do it on your own. Well, what you can do on your own is call Eric right now. We're going to get to the calls, and also we have some Facebook questions Brian's going to deal with. But let me get the information right now so you can participate on the last half of the broadcast. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552. Everything else, every other format is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, and what have you. The various formats and platforms. Take advantage of them now, and we'll get to those questions as soon as we can. Thank you very much. Brian, what do we have on Facebook? Yeah, our good friend Christine. It says, hi, guys. It's been a while, but I've been listening when I can. My question for tonight is, how many years or generations between Adam and Eve and Noah, and why hasn't God destroyed us since? I feel we've been worse than the time of Noah. <laughs> wow. Christine, Christine. Craig, oh, well, you know, Craig, you being the youngest one, how many generations was there? About, what, 14 or so? How many, what, 24? How many generations between Adam and Noah? I know it says, talks about one of the Gospels. I'm not going to look. By the way, we need to get this straight. I'm younger than you, but like by two years. I have to chuckle. People, I'm sure they're going, wow, he's, he's much younger. No, Daryl, you're like two years older than me. Well, thank you. I mean, that makes me feel better. How <laughs> 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 that make yeah, you feel, actually, old man? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I don't know why I'm saying this, because I'm actually feeling worse now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all. No, you're fine. You did a good. Craig, See, you just Craig, didn't think that out. Craig, no, er, Eric and... Eric and Daryl are the old ones in the hey, group. So. We, we did, I think so we're the double nickel couple, guys. Have a partner, and he would refer to me as a young man. I know you I, hate that stuff, too. I'm like, three years younger than you. Excuse me? I, oh. I, I, I find that hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know if the genealogies are there, but, yeah, I mean, clearly we're right for judgment. I mean, I pray it's not true for my kids and grandkids' sake, but yeah. not America. We're wicked, and I don't mean it in, in the in the wicked and good sense of you know that's bad. <laughs> I mean it in the sense of no, we are bad. We we 
Look at, I mean, God has judged other nations, it seems like, for far less than the nonsense we're doing and allowing and, and, and justifying. I mean, America on the whole, and it's not just that. It's like every week I, I read of another pastor or Christian leader who's been outed for incredible sin. And I don't mean just stone to sin. I mean, like, he's been like committing adultery for the last 10 years or whatever. And you're like, really? I mean, it's disgusting. I, I, I got to admit, I've been in places where uh, I, it, this is, you know, it gets bad. Let me give you an analogy here quickly. I, I, often when someone's like in question my integrity or something, I'm like, I want to go, I'm, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm like, no, I better not say that. They'll think I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. I'm almost, I, I feel better telling them I teach at a law school. <laughs> <laughs> How much credibility you give an attorneys, right? right. Uh, you know you're in trouble when you're thinking the attorneys might have a better shot at credibility than the pastors. But it's really sad the 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 sin that is so so uh, prevalent in the church. I mean, the world acts like the world, as we say. No kidding, no surprise. It's that the church is acting so much by the world. We're so un godly at times. That is, we may have the righteousness of Christ, but we don't seem to believe in practical sanctification, as we were talking about earlier. And that's a, that's a, big, that's a big issue, guys. Indeed, and it is. I mean, I usually tell my lawyers and preachers, it's just amazing how the, in the times, within my lifetime, I remember when preachers and lawyers were respected. And now it's sort of like the the butt of all jokes now, you know, and it's all going towards the, the, the dark side on that. But <clears throat> what it is, we have light by giving the gospel message. We have light by giving what God says about the situation. And like Christine was saying, yeah, why haven't God judged us? I think he hasn't given us the opportunity to repent and come to a saving knowledge of him to the world. I mean, I have family members that are not saved, and I'm just praying that, you know, by God's mercy and grace that he's been so this long that he would just, you know, a steadfast love is going to, you know, just have to um, prevail. And I thank him for it. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I, I pray that God is gracious to us, but we, but the church has to repent. We, as Christians, we need to repent. We're not going to be perfect, but we're making far too many excuses. And again, I'm not just talking about people who, who have been unplanned, fall into sin, struggle with sin. If you're struggling with alcoholism, you know it's wrong. You're struggling with other sins. I'm not really talking to you because um, you, you know it's wrong, and you're not making excuses, and you're attempting to appropriate the power of God and the grace of God in your life. So if you're, if you're going, wow, I feel really badly, you're really hitting on me. No, I'm not talking to you, my friend. The one who knows it's wrong, who knows you know, the sin you're involved in is wrong, your drug usage or whatever the case may be, I'm not talking to you because you know it's sin, you know it's wrong. I'm talking to the people who claim to be Christian, who are Christian, who are flout, uh, brazenly living in sin, uh, committing adultery, uh, getting stoned, ripping people off, robbing, lying, cheating, stealing on a regular basis. We're talking to you. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm especially talking to Christian leaders who are doing this stuff. Uh, guys, I mean, how many times do you hear some pastor abusing his authority and uh, a counseling situation, and he takes advantage of that, and then he, he gets sexually involved? I'm saying that nicely. He commits sexual immorality. Yeah. He commits adultery. Uh, and 
it's just it's just like happening all the time. When is the church going to say, we've had enough of this. We expect more of our leaders. We're not going to put up with this anymore. We're kicking you out of the church. You don't repent. You do this stuff. You're gone. Go, go sell used cars. Go do whatever. And I'm not trying to be mean to people. I'm not trying to just, you know, oh, we shoot our wounded. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who've been involved in headlong sin. You shouldn't be in ministry anymore. You need to get out. It, it, enough of this stuff. And, and we need to, yeah, have love and compassion for those who repent. Uh, there are people who've got <clears throat> egregious sin and repented, and I have no problem with God restoring them. Um, uh, uh, George McDonald was uh, an individual who fell into sin, and but I believe was was really did go through restoration and, and repentance and that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the guys and gals who are doing this stuff and, and they're just like, it seems like they're just sorry they got caught. That's all we're hearing. I got caught. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got, you got caught. And the church is just, I mean, we're, we're, we're a stench to non-Christians. And, and unfortunately, some of that we brought upon ourselves. We were dealing with a beautiful Psalm 51 and about a contrite spirit, a broken and contrite heart uh, before God. Now David had that, and he just uh, expressed just, just his sorrow. And what does it say? That godly sorrow leads to repentance. Uh, and, and that's how you can tell if the, the real is real. I mean, we, we can't read anybody's heart. It's not necessary for us to read their heart. What is necessary for us to deal with the idea of their mouth matching their actions. And that's what we're responsible for as a believer, and especially as a church. And Paul is disgusted with the, uh, the, with the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 5 when they wouldn't do anything about something that is commonly known. Not even the pagans mm-hmm. did that where a man was having sex with his own father's wife. You know, so come on, guys. We, we have to step it up in regards to that. Well, the number one is triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Call Eric right now. You have a few open lines left. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Yolanda, hang in there, Brock. We're going to get to you. Uh, and uh, Reverend Field, we have a Facebook question for you. But I want to deal with Jr.'s question first, Brian, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't see Reverend Phil's on here. I have, I have it here on that messenger okay. thing. I'll get that together when we read that. But let's deal with um, Jr. A good buddy, Jr. from L.A. My brother, how you doing, sir? Oh, Craig, is he taking a break? <laughs> Jr. He's probably getting getting some more coffee. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, Jr. Are you there? Now he knows better. Man was a screener for years for us as a young oh, man. Yes, I'm here. Oh, what, what, what are you doing? Taking a break? Hey, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I thought you went, yeah. to, I went thought you went to Craig's house or something like that. It's the same union. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I know Brian said that one. That was a good one, B. That's two in a row for you today. Hey, brother, we're glad, we're glad you're with us, man. How you doing, JR? Yeah. I'm in my car, and uh, my wife, B, is taking a little, uh, she's dozing out. So I said, I'm going to bring my coffee and my cigar. I'm going to call the crew and uh, just, you know, uh, greetings in the name of Yeshua. God bless you know, man. I, I miss you guys. I've been away on uh, personal, private uh, matters, but I'm very yes, happy to, to be back. Uh, you know, over here, and um, I had a, a wonderful uh, lunch uh, this afternoon with my parents, and uh, they say yeah. good to see you guys as well. And just, how, you know, how, I mean, it's awesome. How many cups of coffee have you had today, Jr.? Uh, that's a good question, man. I always look forward to that one. <laughs> I'm going to say around four or five, probably. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, D- um, decaf well, is my favorite. I hope you had decaf. 
That's yeah, not even coffee, is it? That's that's, 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 that's insulting to coffee drinkers. I apologize. Let me stay in my place. Let me get my back in my lane. Go ahead, Jerry. What's your yeah, question for the night, brother? Yeah, I got the decaf in the office. Um, <laughs> well, the question of scriptures, uh, brothers, is um, about, you know, that scripture that says about uh, that the Lord, he dwells in unapproachable light. I wanted to get like a more uh, fresh or clean and clear understanding of that. Um, you know, they were, they brought it up, they mentioned it, so I was like, let me call and ask uh, because it's been a while, you know? You're asking about the, unapproach- the unapproachable light? Yeah. Of the Lord. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, my understanding is it's uh, a place or, or a state of being that is beyond the abilities and and senses of, of, of man, of mankind. That's that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, and right off the top of my head, I think it's the I, I think it's the, the idea, or I don't know if I don't know if the word idiom would be the right the right word for it, but it may be. But I look at it from the standpoint of man cannot take the fullness of God would not be able to exist if the fullness of God would come even to our, from the idea of even a thought, it'll blow circuits in our brain the way I'm looking at it. But so to approach the, uh, the uh, unapproachable light, I believe it's an idiom. PCH, help us out on that. Well, I don't know about an idiom, but I think it's a literally true. So think of in the Old Testament, Moses could not see God's glory directly. Yeah. Remember the burning bush? Mm-hmm. Even then, God basically shows him the the uh, the shadow, kind of his receding glory as he's moving by. Uh, there, there's examples in Hebrews that talks about, again, the God, when God on Mount Sinai was so, so horrific for the people, they couldn't even stand the sound, and the, the sight was overwhelming to them. Uh, God's not to be trifled. That's why I always chuckle when I hear somebody say, well, there's a God, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind, I'm going to tell him what I think, and I'm like, you're not going to be saying anything. You're going to be scared witless like the rest of us. And I think of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and his glory again is overwhelming to Peter, James, and John. So, I mean, one of the key passages, not the only one, but one of them that talks about the glory of God is is found in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And, for example, uh, Paul, I just got to cut in here somewhere and find a spot. Let me just start here. Verse 13, just to get the context of chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, in the sight of Christ, of God, uh, who gives life to everything, and Christ Jesus, who, while uh, testifying before Pontius Pilate, gave the good confession, I charge you, Paul saying to Timothy, to keep this commandment without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, don't be sinning. Don't, you're a pastor. Don't be messing up. Don't make excuses for sin, right? Which God will bring about in his own time. Here we go. God, this is called an apposition. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. So let me just comment on a couple of these phrases. So an apposition is something like you have someone being talked about, and then you you put like a comment and say, uh, the very man. So if I said John, and then I said the very man, the very man's in that position. It's referring back to the previous noun, John. In this case, God, the blessed and only ruler, referring back to God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is in 
immortal. Now, let me just say what it doesn't mean. Some say, oh, so we're going to go out of existence when we die, because only God's immortal. No, what it implies is God alone, we refer to the aseity of God, the eternality of God. God alone has life in and of himself. God alone is the one who gives life. But we have life. We will live forever because God has given that to us. But now we go back to the divine name, for example, J.R. and Isaiah, excuse me, and, uh, and uh, Exodus 3.14, right? The, the self-existent one, the eternal one, the Asher, Asher in Hebrew, the self-existent eternal one. We read of Jesus in uh, Acts 3.15. He is the Archegos, the prince, the source of life, right? Life emulates from him. Life comes from him from the triune God. So God alone is immortal in the sense of the giver of life, and he doesn't get his life from anybody else. It's not derived or derivative, we say. It's from him himself. It flows from him. And his glory is so majestic that that in and of itself you can't approach him. Now, when it says no one has seen him, it's referring to God in his full, unmitigated glory. Why can nobody see him? It's not just there's a rule, hey, you can't look at God. It's because... You'd be vaporized. It'd be like trying to go to the sun, right? We could say, we're going to go to the sun. And the old joke is, we're going to go at night. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, it doesn't work that way. But besides the old joke, the, the, the line would be, you can't go to the sun because there's, we have nothing humanly available that could shield us from the, not just the light, but the, the incredibly intense heat. We couldn't survive. And so, God is so glorious, is so resplendent, is so transcendent in his glory and his honor uh, that, that, that we can't handle it. And it's only in our glorified, resurrected bodies that we will be able to stand in the presence of God and not, and not be, for lack of a better term, vaporized. Well, Does that help at all, J.R.? Amen. <laughs> it brought a delight to me. I can see now. I can definitely see now. And, yeah, and let me just share one, one more passage, if I could. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 is just so incredible on, on this. Uh, I, I love this text. It, it's so so beautiful. Let me read it in Greek. Hason apagasma tes kai character tes hupastaseo And in English, right, it's telling us, though, that the sun is the radiance mm of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, right? So Jesus is the, the, we get our word effulgence from this word for radiance, for glory. He is the outshining, the manifestation. So again, think, think of, if analogy, one last one here, think of the moon and the sun. Okay. The sun, if you allow me, it creates its own energy, its own heat, its own light. The moon's is reflective. The moon doesn't have the light in and of itself. It's when we see, or we say a full moon or whatever partial moon we see that, it's not shiny or luminous because of itself. It's because the sun is shining upon it and it, it's reflective and then it gives it, it that luminosity, if you will. So it is with God. Our our glory, any glory we see in anything, anyone else, is a derivative but from God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This glory, this majesty emanates from them, comes from them, because that is who they are. They are, the, in and of themselves, eternal and glorious and all-powerful and all-knowing uh, and and 
it, it ought to make, in a good sense, everybody quake in their boots, as we used to say. You ought to be, you know, you're quaking in your boots or sandals, whatever you're wearing, that one rightly fears this God. No one's going to be mouthing off to him. No one's going to be standing up and giving God a piece of their mind. Uh, they're going to be wetting their pants, basically. They're going to be scared witless. You don't try to with God. It's the proverbial, you know, where does a 500-pound gorilla sleep? Whenever, wherever it wants. Sure. He's going to mess with a 500-pound gorilla. <clears throat> Incredible strength, and their, you know, and their limbs. And so it is, well, forgive me for even using that analogy with God. God is so glorious, so awesome, that we're all going to be just, uh, I believe, dumbstruck in awe of the majesty and the glory of God. And for, you know, about, for, for about half of eternity, we're just going to be there dumbstruck in front of God and regarding His glory. I think when we finally see God in what we refer to as the beatific vision, I think we're all going to go, why didn't I live a stronger Christian mm. life? Why wasn't I more <laughs> out for God? This is the being I'm serving. What was I thinking wow. living half-heartedly for God? What was I thinking in giving God my second best? Why wasn't I totally devoted to God and give Him everything I have? Because He alone is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. That's all we can say on that one, brother. Amen. Hey, JR, man, we really appreciate you as usual, man. Make sure you tell the family we said hello, okay, man? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You guys keep on rocking, man. Love you guys. Hey, uh, hey, don't be a stranger, man. Great to hear from you, JR. I see a lot more light now. All right. <laughs> Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. Yeah. Uh, even my 800 lumens uh, flashlight pale, tales, tales, and significance. Yes, sir, indeed. Well, what doesn't pale in significance is my good brother Eric is ready to receive your phone call. 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552 is the number you can call right now and join on the broadcast with your questions. We want to give you a biblical response. Everything else, the formats are Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, email, at our .com website, or tweeting us as well. Brian, let's let's deal with um, Reverend Phil's um, question from, I think it was last week we didn't get to yeah. it. Yeah. So my question from last week that wasn't answered, hello, uh, LBW, I like living by the word. Uh, question for tonight, my sister asked me, would the blessing that was stolen by Jacob had been given to a girl if she was the firstborn? And why was a greater blessing reserved only for the firstborn, as we read in Genesis 27, Reverend Phil? So basically, if it was a girl, would she have gotten the blessing? And two, um, uh, and why was a greater blessing reserved only for the firstborn, as we read in Genesis? Those are good questions. Uh, PCA, before we toss it over to you, man, I, I do remember something that God worked out, at least from the standpoint of property, with uh, two, with either two sisters or a bunch of sisters that didn't have any brothers when they, uh, the whole idea about the land being uh, divided up. So I don't know if that's a, the same thing, that if, uh, if there was a situation like this, I don't know. I don't, this is, seems, a little bit, it seems a little bit different to me. Help, help, help me out on this, PCH. Well, it's the same principle. It just—it's just—it's just the way it was. I mean, in the ancient world, uh, we can call it patriarchal, whatever. And I can see the people's concern, uh, but it was not just the male; it was the oldest male mm -hmm. got a, a double uh, portion or more of, of the of the inheritance. And in, in, the, in the case of Isaac, it appears he got almost all, if not all, of the inheritance, because he alone was the child of promise. Right. Right. 
Um, in other Israel. words, mm-hmm. Abraham had other children through Hagar, also through Keturah, his uh, second wife. Yeah. Um, but the, the main inheritance, if not almost all of it, literally went to Isaac. Now, again, that's just that's the culture. That's the way things were, were done. Uh, what happened, and certainly in the Hebraic concept, and not just them, but, but but certainly seen in them, is that. So, as you said, if there was let's say a family and they only had daughters, one daughter or or daughters, then the oldest daughter, when she married, her husband would be adopted by um, that that family, and that her. So the oldest daughter's husband would actually become a son, a legal heir of her father. That's the form of the Levite marriage, and that's what happens with Joseph when we compare Matthew 1 with Luke 3, when we compare the lineage of Joseph in Matthew 1 with the lineage of Mary in chapter 3, we see, for example, in Luke, we see the phrase, as was being supposed, the son of. But, in fact, it says it refers to Joseph's father in one place as Heli, but we know that Heli actually was Mary's father. So either the Bible is contradicting itself or it's not contradicting itself, which I'm going to argue. It is simply, yes, Joseph had his biological father, but when he marries Mary, the oldest sister, then then Joseph was adopted by Heli, Mary's father, and he became a legally legal son, and the inheritance goes to, passes now, the majority of the inheritance goes now to, in this case, the husband of the oldest daughter, or of the only daughter, as the case may be. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, that, I'm looking at the story now um, in Numbers uh, 26 and then Joshua 17. It's dealing with those daughters uh, of Zolophad. He had no no sons, only daughters, and the names of the daughters are very interesting. But the idea is that the thing for me, the big thing for me was that there may be rules that man has or maybe even rules that God has set, but God will always hear from you. And I've seen him, I don't know if this is what God is changing his mind or not, but just allowing this thing to happen. In other words, it's like if we think of some things and, you know, come up with some, I don't know, for the lack of a term, an idea, and God say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with that. And it's like change the rules of how it's been going on because the guy had no sons. You know, before who's going to get the land in that in that particular case, or in this case, uh, the the blessing, if it was a case. So I just see, I see God dealing with us right where we are, and that's that's I guess that's what I'm saying. The beauty of our Lord is just dealing with us right where we are. And I think the kind of way we should be dealing with people and not doing like we just gave the gospel earlier, not giving a cookie cutter approach to anything to deal with our our, our apologetics or anything else. We need to really get into where people are and then let God then save them by us giving him his word, but not just in a cookie cutter sense. We talk about this all the time, but I just wanted to uh, kind of uh, repeat it there. Um, one thing I will repeat also is a phone number, 888 Eric is picking up phones all over the place. The lines are just buzzing, and we appreciate that. Just give us a call. We have about 20 minutes left in the broadcast. Let's take many calls as we can. Let's go to let's go to Brock in the city of Westminster. We got to bring him up, Brock. Thanks for holding on and calling in. Hey, hey, Brock. And I'm enjoying your uh, show tonight, guys. And uh, I think some of the questions about um, holiness and seeing the Lord and imputed righteousness could have been uh, from the show immediately before. So um, 
listening to that as well, and I had my own questions, but I'm not going to ask anything about that. Um, during the last uh, week, I came across a writing uh, by J.C. O'Hare um, in like the 40s. I forget exactly when, but it was a writing somewhere in the 40s or 50s. Um, I was just wondering if the professor has heard of him and if there's any um, known issues Brock, Brock, hold on, Brock, you're fading out, Brock. What I need you to do, Brock, for me, if something is going on with your phone, if you could talk kind of directly into it, you may be doing that, but we're getting a lot of static and you're breaking up. So can you start from the part? Okay, so I went through, a, yeah, um, I went through the the hill by Tuna Hills. Oh, okay, uh, so there we I go. I was in Westminster. Um, is that any better? That's much better, yeah. Much let's, better. Let's, get to, let's get to it. Okay, yeah, I came to a, uh, an article written by J.C. O'Hare. Um, he was a preacher in the Chicago area in, like, around the 1940s or 50s. Um, I was just wondering if the professor heard anything about him, if I need to be careful about any of his uh, teachings specifically. I'm sorry, J.P. O'Hare? Yes. Uh, J.C., John, I, I don't know his actual middle oh, name. J.C. Like, yeah, no, I haven't. Um, and now you've got my interest. I'll have to take a look. See, but I, I'm, I'm not. I've never heard the name before, so I'm not conversant with his writing. So I couldn't really shed any any insight for your Brock. Okay. Except I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go All look right. him up. <laughs> I get a chance, but yeah, I, I'm not okay. not familiar um, with him. I had a another quick quick question, if you don't mind. Um, well, I heard on the radio. There was a, you know, major, you know, Christian-ish radio station, and um, the prayer was addressed to Jesus and finished in his name, or in your name. Um, is that a, a, I don't know if it's modalism, but is that like a oneness uh, Pentecostal thing that I should be aware of to the point of, um, just, you know, if it's a wrong understanding, then do I dissociate fellowship with other people who do that? Or, um, do I just leave it to the Lord and trust him to... Brian, what do you think about this? I, 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 think it's, I think you got to look at the context of, of what a person, you know, what they're saying and what they believe. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to God and everybody talks to God differently. You know, um, and so again, is is what does that person believe? Does that is does that individual believe in Jesus Christ? You know, one, uh, you know, uh, as a part of the Trinity, uh, does he look at him as oneness Pentecostal? It just depends on what that individual believes, and yeah. and and again, uh, they might be uh, they might believe in the Trinity, but might have a misunderstanding and might be praying the wrong way. Uh, but again, the, it, it's a conversation with God. I think, Brian, if I could piggyback on what you just said, uh, the, I'm thinking about what the, the, the phrase you just used, in his name. And some people say, uh, you know, they, there's power in the name of Jesus, as opposed to there's power in, in the person of Jesus, the, the person of Jesus where the power lies. So if a person is saying and taking the name of Jesus by saying like, you know, Jesus, Jesus, I can sign a check by just simply saying in the name of Jesus, and that makes everything all good. Uh, I'm, I'm saying I, that I would have an argument with that. I, I don't think that's proper. 
uh, to just say in the name of Jesus, because I said that somehow my prayer is uh, is accurately signed, if it were, or endorsed. Well, well, the point is, if you're praying, you're saying in the name of Jesus, but in your heart, you know that it's by the power and the authority of Jesus. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So, if, if the, that's why when you find out the context of what the person is saying, that would be that would be my argument. Are you saying just because you say in the name of Jesus, your prayer may have nothing to do with anything what the Bible says about anything, but you said in the name of Jesus, or by, uh, according to your will and your purpose, would be a more, to me a more safe way to go about that. So, whatever prayer you do have I, I like to pray that that lord not my will as it were but your will be done and so if i'm praying something out yes i would like this to happen lord you know like my children to be safe like my family to be safe lord according to your will and your purpose i you know what's best and so to, in the name of jesus in and of itself the context of that person what they're talking about is most important to me pca do you have any thoughts on that no, I think you guys said it well, well enough. Exactly. It just depends on who said it, what they mean. I mean, technically, we pray to, should pray to the Father uh, in the name by the power or authority. Yes. Again, the name Jesus has no power in it. It's right. That's my the point. person. Name is a moniker, is an idiom. We used that word earlier. It's mm-hmm. an idiom for by what power or authority, if we see it used, for example, in the book of Acts, where it said that, that way. So... But we, by the power authority of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, He enables our prayers and ushers us into the very presence of God. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure at times I've prayed to Jesus directly and finished it in Jesus' name. And and so, Brock, your question is a very good one. Doesn't make you a modalist, but yeah, T.D. Jake says that. I said, well, yeah, because he's a he's a modalist. So I just want to be aware. And I'll be honest, I hear a lot of things on radio and a lot of these announcers on these Christian stations. Some of their theology is not not too good. So I kind of factor that in. They say things. I don't doubt they love the Lord. I don't doubt they mean well. I mean, bluntly, a lot of Christian songs are just flat-out bad theology. Uh, you know, might as well just say, baby, baby, ooh, 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 whatever. Right. I mean, there's some incredibly good music, and there's some that's just really simplistic and, and flat-out unbiblical. And again, some of these, I'll use the term just jockeys. I don't doubt they're nice people. I don't doubt they love the Lord. But, you know, I wouldn't let somebody just operate on me because they're a nice doctor. I want to know they're really good at what they do. So one needs to be careful when listening to so-called Christian TV and radio. Indeed. Okay, Brock, I appreciate your phone call, man. God bless you, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you, you know, guys, um, let's go to our, our good friend Dan in South Bay. I think what's an excellent segue that Dan would call in. And um, if I'm understanding the request, if I can bring them up, why am I not? Why is that not working for me? Hold on one second. Can you guys bring Dan up for me, please? Dan, are you there with us, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, we were just talking about prayer, and I just happened to see your name pop up there, and you were asking uh, for prayer for uh, a health issue. Is that what we were dealing with a couple of, uh, about three or four weeks ago? No, this is something brand new, like four days. Yeah, that, that, all, that was all resolved. Right, that's I what I thought I you said. Yeah, that. praise the Lord for that. Yeah, that, it turned out that it was just I had a spot in my lung. But this, about four days now, um, I've had fever. I've got, and the fever's only been the past two days. I've got headache. I've got, but it's really more, not so much headache. If you touch the top of my head, it's touchy and sensitive. Right. My neck, my body, got body kind of like the flu. But I got no other flu symptoms, no cold symptoms, mm. no runny nose, no no problems breathing, no cough, none of that. 
So I don't know what the heck is going on. So it's really hard to get to see your doctor these days. You've got to wait 30 days. Wow, yeah, they'll tell that. you to go to urgent care, and they'll tell you to see your doctor. So wow. uh, I'm going to the great physician and asking you guys for prayer. But I just sent that in. I didn't expect to talk to you. Well, it's just interesting that the, the whole subject matter we just dealt with before, with Brock's question, I don't know if you heard it or not, was indeed about prayer. And so that's why, you know, as we do this show, we, we make changes in the middle. We may have people waiting, but as we uh, as, as we believe that we're led by the Spirit of God is to bring things on. So I'm bringing yeah. you on. And Craig, I'm going to ask exactly. if you don't mind, Craig, if you don't mind Actually, praying for a good brother, Dan. I would love to, but I prefer Brian. There, I, I speak so much. I prefer to let you guys talk a little more. I mean, I'd love the pleasure. No, I, I, I do understand that, Brian. Dan, Brian, I please, by all means, because this raspy voice, the Lord can still hear it. But uh, I'm going to ask that you pray, Lord. Heavenly <laughs> Father, we just uh, we lift up Dan to you, Lord, and uh, you know, we, Lord, we just pray for healing in his body. Yes. And as uh, I always say, Lord, I, I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you use physicians. I don't care if you use medication. I don't care if it's miraculous. I prefer miraculous, okay, uh, because it's instantaneous and it's a, and yes. it's a and it's a witness. And uh, but Lord, uh, you know, we lift we lift our brother up to you, Lord, and uh, again, uh, give him peace, give him comfort, Lord, give him favor, you know, as, as it pertains to him going in to see a doctor. So he doesn't have to wait, yes. you know, a millennium or so. Uh, and Lord, um, again, we thank you for him, Lord, we stand on your word and, and we believe you, Lord. And I just ask for your will to be done in his life pertaining, uh, his, his sickness, but, Lord, we ask for that healing in his body and everywhere that he just mentioned, Lord. Uh, and we, we give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. For his sake. Amen. Brother Dan, Amen. Uh, please keep us posted on what's happening with your brother, all right? Yes. Okay. Thank Amen. You, you, Dan. I understand, Craig. You talk so much, you almost got a risk your voice sometimes. But uh, I love it when you pray, too. Uh, if any of you pray for me, it's always good. You three are like it's 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 part of my church. This yeah. program, two hours of church. I don't get two hours if I go to church. Most of them are done unless you do a lot. They'll do an hour of music, they preach gotcha. for thirty minutes, and they're out of there. Well, well, that, um, I get more out of this show than I get from most every place else. And I have the fellowship with you three. Well, four of you, Eric too, and the board ops. So. Well, I cannot miss a show. Well, let me say this, Dan. You know, you did say uh, you made a, a remark referencing, you know, this is like your church to you. And, well, well yes. as a church, Indeed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out to all the members of this church who's listening yes. and ask that you mm-hmm. lift Dan up in, in uh, your prayers before you go to bed tonight and just yeah. uh, pray for, for healing you. in his body. And, Dan, as a reminder, please, a listening audience, along with Dan, Dan, you have mm-hmm. Facebook Please uh, put your prayer requests on our Facebook page as well, folks. Let's take advantage of all the the um, the medias and the platforms that we have uh, to God's glory mm-hmm. and to our edification. So we really appreciate that, Dan, for the privilege of prayer. And also, if you, if Bobby, if you're listening to us out there and um, and Carson, mm-hmm. uh, same thing with I'm trusting and praying that things are going well for for Gene's sister. When we talked about when he gives us the privilege to pray for one another, what a blessed privilege, Dan. Man, thank mm-hmm. you very much for the phone call, man. Appreciate you. But put Thank that you. on Facebook as well. 
you guys, you know, people don't know that living by the word, I used to attend and uh, it's still, I'm still part of this, whatever it is, Bible information brokers, but I know there's still the church background to it, living by the word. And and even if I went down to where Craig teaches, I'd feel at home. It's all the body of Christ, <laughs> all the you. body of Christ. I, I love you guys. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Appreciate you, man. Well, Thanks, Dan. Dan. Thank you, brother. All right. Guys, just like Dan, listen. This is the body of Christ. This is the church. You know, I, I know the, the Craig, let's talk about this real quickly. With two or more gathered in my name, that it, it is a gathering uh, specifically face to face. And it uh, talks about or can the application be the way we're doing uh, various situations where the body of Christ can meet. Even like the Zoom calls, even like. Well, back then they like didn't that. have Zoom. Well, well, I'm just saying, yeah. but the application on how things change uh, as far as that. Is it is it etched in stone that with two or more gathered on my name there I am in the midst? Is it a thing where it's only physical, Craig? Hello? P says you hear it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is a question sort of like, is it is is the expression where it's two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst? Is it only Talking about physical, I know the Bible has a meaning to it, but the application, could the application be a, a applicable the way things are going now that we have all this social media, the Zoom, the the uh, the, uh, the Facebook Live and all that type of stuff? Or is it just etched in stone, as it were, in regards to where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, it's physical. Yeah, no, it's not. Well, I don't I, think, I, I don't, don't know. Yes. No, I don't believe it's physical because... Back then, they didn't have telephones. They didn't have conferencing. And so uh, so they're gathered, okay? So they're gathered by telephone. They're gathered by uh, um, conference meetings. They're gathered by Zoom. So I would definitely say that uh, that would be applicable to today uh, when they're saying two or three are gathered in my name, whereas back then – uh, you know, the only way they can meet is just the, is the only way they could gather is face to face. The reason I'm even saying that also, Craig, if you could take it from there just real quickly about what Paul talks about being um, with you, with one in spirit. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like I, I don't want to be um, straining at a net here, but I just want to get a little bit of clarification. Yeah, no, I'm with Brian with what Brian said. I think he's on the money. That, yeah, I mean, first of all, God's omnipresent anyway. Yes. So he's, he's everywhere, Indeed. whether they're there or not. Uh, but it, it has the idea of the sense of being there and the sense of favorableness of there and blessing that, that fellowship. So, But I think absolutely it applies not just in a physical sense, but indeed, as you mentioned, even the phrase in spirit, Paul's saying, yeah, I'm not there physically, right. but I am spiritually present with you, like-mindedness like and, and making decisions, what to do. Uh, but yeah, right, Brian, it applies to Zoom, you know, however we gather. Even if we just say we're all going to agree uh, Monday at 12 right. noon to pray for something. And yeah. in that sense, we're gathered as well. Yeah. Yes. You know I think the biggest thing for me and think about that is because it's such a spiritual war. Remember how when you when you when we used to write actual physical letters 
And I just know enough soldiers in my family, enough people who are uh, on missions and things like that, love to get letters. I'm sure emails would be the way to do it now, but the letter, that personal signature, I mean, I have letters from my grandmother, man, now that I just cherish because I know it's her handwriting and I, even though she's not with me physically, I'll be able to just know that that's, that's Martha's writing out or Mama Grace writing out to me, that letter. You know, that's the way it is. But anyway, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Now, I was at, uh, at one of my schools and I had a conversation with one of the students and he was laughing. He's, he he didn't believe me that we used to have telephones on the wall. <laughs> it's like anyway, we, 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 we're talking. Got, <laughs> we have four minutes left. Let's take it on this last call. Donna, you're gonna be the last call of the day. That's a good one, Brian. There, you know the, the little dollar phone, right? Yolanda, thanks for holding on and calling in. All right, can you hear me? I want to make sure my levels are right. Yeah, we hear you very loud and clear. Appreciate that. We only have All about right. three minutes left in the broadcast. Okay. Well, I had a question, which I gave to Eric. He's so sweet and patient. And, of course, one question sometimes begets another one. Yes. I was listening to an evangelist lately, and he was uh, giving a dissertation on the the uh, ancient civilization of the Sumerians, not the Samaritans, mm-hmm. the Sumerians, and he was talking about their deity that they used to worship, I guess, the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki which are supposed, supposedly, I'm I just asking your guest there, is it, um, are, is that uh, mythological, is it folklore, the Anunnaki, so supposedly they were part of the angels that were kicked out of heaven during the, the war oh, in heaven? PCH would say. So I'm really digging and doing a lot of research on the Anunnaki. Anunnaki. Craig, are you familiar with that, PCH? Well, I'm, I fear he's confusing them with the Anakim. The Anakim were like the Nephilim. They were giants. They were very large yeah. people. Um, yeah, so, Okay. I mean, the best book I know on this stuff is called Myth and Mystery by Jack Finnegan, uh, dealing with that. So. That doesn't ring a bell to me. I could just be wrong there, but I well uh, about them. But I do know I'm not wrong about the Anakin part. I, I, my fear is he's confusing that um, with them. Uh, Babylon had a number of, of deities. Babylon, the Sumerian people from Sumeria, uh, Sumer. Okay. It's ancient, most ancient mm-hmm. term. So yeah, not the Sumeritans, of course. Completely different. Right. But um, right. I'm not aware of that personally as being one of their deities, but I, I need to go double-check on that. Some, sometimes we confuse concepts. It's understandable. And, again, the Anakim were the, uh, one of the other uh, groups of people that were apparently physically extremely large, oh, like the Nephilim. The Amalekites and all that stuff. Hey, um, Yolanda, do me a favor. When you get stuff, send it in to us as well. Let us know what you find out, okay? Okay, I will. Appreciate you. I was pronouncing it improperly, but uh, I just became fascinated on, you know, gotcha. the civilization and what have you. So I will start sending that in. Appreciate now, you. I told you. you that one question begets another. Yeah, but John, unfortunately, we have only 90 seconds left to close the broadcast. So oh, why don't you call okay. us next week, okay? And I tell you what, we I gave you some high priority. Eric will give you priority next week. Give us a call. Okay, thank All you. All right, God bless thank you now. You. Brian. Yeah. 20 seconds. Uh, eternity is too long to be wrong, and I'm going to ask all of our listeners to pray for one another. Yes, indeed. Since we talked about 
and utilize the Facebook also as a, as a medium and a platform to get those prayers out to the listening audience. PCH music is in the background. You got about 15 seconds. Can you keep the people of, of the Ukraine in our prayers? The horrific slaughter that's going on there is just unspeakable. Mm. Well, it is speakable. We need to speak out against it. It's wrong. And let's see the United States and other countries do more about it. Indeed, I want to encourage people, you know, there's no guarantees we're going to live to be 70 or 80. Live full board for God. You won't You won't be sorry. You don't want to get in God's presence and go, oh, yeah, I wish I would have really run with the Lord and walk with Him. You have that choice to do it now, my friend. Make the most of this life. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Living by the Word Ministries, presentation of Bible Information Brokers with the whole team here. I want to thank Gabriel. I want to thank Eric, PCH, Brian, and my name is Daryl EZD, Mama Grace, and Big Daddy's baby boy saying, if the Lord is willing, we'll be back next week with more questions and answers from you, answers from the Word of God. Let's get it right. Let's honor God by not only our questions, but our answers, and let us be glorifying Him as we be edified. See you next week, if the Lord willing.